passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. And we are live, everybody. Welcome to the Cafe Hangout. I am John Pollock, along with Waiting, and welcome to the Cafe Hangout. We've got an exciting show for you. Over the next hour, we're going to be chatting all the latest news, opening up the phone lines shortly. Uh, but off the top, we're going to be joined by Andrew Thompson, Post Wrestling Zone, Andrew Thompson. And we're going to be chatting about uh, all that is going on. But first off, Way, how are you? I'm doing pretty well, John. Yourself? Uh, I'm doing okay. It's a it's a Thursday. Wednesday was an incredibly busy night between AEW, NXT, and the UFC card. But uh, here we are on a Thursday. We can uh, discuss all of the the fallout from Wednesday night. Good timing, I would say, for a cafe hangout. You know, Thursday. this is what we uh this is why we pick Thursdays for that eventual Wednesday night three way battle between three companies. It has all built to this. It's all led up to this. And uh, what a day it was. We'll be getting to all of it, maybe talking a little bit about NXT. We're not going to have time to wait for the ratings for this particular episode, but we will have all that information at postwrestling.com, I'm sure, a little bit later on. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll cover that on the site, but uh, we're here for an hour, so we're going to uh, get into the news. You know, so, some highlights coming out of Wednesday night. I guess we can look at the fact uh, NXT will be running uh, a takeover special. We've got the Mike Tyson involvement at Double or Nothing. Uh, and plenty of other topics. And I think the man to bring in is Andrew Thompson, who is on top of all the latest news that's going on uh, as we bring in Andrew. And how are you doing today, Andrew? Can you see me? You're there. Hey, oh, you yeah. are there. There is video. Give me one Let's second. Go. I got to load you in here. But uh, we I can hear it. you at least, Andrew. What's going on? I, I figured it out, man. Oh, I boy. Look at that, 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 was, uh, that was prime Jordan right there with the buzzer player. <laughs> We thought this was just going to be audio and Andrew Thompson coming through in the clutch with uh, with video. So Andrew Thompson, already the winner. I had to stall to find the hat because my headline is terrible right now. I need to find a barber, man. Uh, you just got it. You just got to let it go at this point. Uh, Andrew, <laughs> you know, everyone's in the same boat. Um, but here we are. Um, you know, you uh, just put up an interview today. Uh, you did an hour and a half with Nick Aldis and people can go check out the interview, uh, both at postwrestling.com as well as on your YouTube channel, uh, that we'll plug at the end. Uh, but just tell me a bit about, um, 
getting to chat with Nick Aldis. And also, you know, for such an extended period of time, you can really go deep into a lot of uh, subjects. Yeah, man, it, it was actually a real good time talking to Nick. Like he he's like one of those guys who are like real candid about a lot of stuff. Like he really doesn't hold back on anything. Like he got into a lot of some of the issues that were that led to the breakdown of the initial partnership between the NWA and Ring of Honor. And that was like really, really interesting. Like the stuff he was telling me, like he was telling me about how there was one incident that he had while he was with Ring of Honor where um, he was backstage. He was getting ready to set up for a, a promo segment he was going to do with Cody Rhodes. The story's and, nuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then the uh, some one of the employees walked up to him and basically handed him a dead microphone on purpose. And then that's when he went out. He didn't find out about it until, you know, until he obviously went out there. And, you know, he also got into some other stuff about how there was a plan to have the uh, NWA World's title defended at G1 Supercar, but they pulled that off the show. And then they were supposed to defend it. He was supposed to defend it again at a summer Supercar over in Toronto last summer. But that got pulled from the show and he got in like to a bunch of other stuff, you know, the inner workings of the NWA, him and Cody's match and all that good stuff. It was a good time, man. Nick, Nick's a good dude. How do you feel like this whole, you know, layoff has affected the NWA's stock in the wrestling world? Uh, honestly, I, I think it it has hurt them quite a bit. Important, but like with the NWA, it's like that the fans are just like kind of that different type of important. Like just how I feel like in regards to what they do, like the fans are so like critical and important to what they do. And I, I feel like most promotions, if not any, if not all, could could do the empty arena stuff. But I feel like just with the NWA, like I don't think they would be able to 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 even partake in any empty arena activities, like if they even if they wanted to. But they have the the uh, what, what is it, the Carney Land show. Yeah, Coming they're going to debut this next week <laughs> that it looks to be kind of their like spinoff show is what it seems like, like taking, you know, do, doing non wrestling with like their performers and such. I mean, that's kind of what I gather is what that show is going to be. And I guess it's just an attempt at producing content during a time when you can't run live shows. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, you also uh, did a whole uh, write up on Ariel Hawani's interview with The Undertaker. And I just wanted to get some of your thoughts on how episode one came across. And also, uh, given the fact, you know, you're following all of this stuff, seeing The Undertaker doing the media rounds uh, right now, that's been something that he's, you know, avoided for pretty much his entire career. That it's now you're seeing him go out and in this Ariel Hawani interview, you know, you know giving out, you know, information that I think everybody is, it's not breaking news that it was right. an angle with Brock, but just hearing it out of his mouth, you can see it's, it's a real, um, it's difficult for this guy to pull back the curtain, even in that sense. But that's what this whole documentary is about. Yeah, it, it is very interesting to see Undertaker sort of like just completely pull back everything. And I, I, I did enjoy the first episode of the documentary, you know, Undertaker, you know, sitting in the, in the blue chair with his, you know, his, his unique shirt, I'll say that. His the new unique shirt. Everybody can go check that out. What he was wearing during the documentary, but it, it is cool seeing you know him pull back the curtain and uh, just uh, basically just opening everything up to this character that's been so like hidden over the past whatever amount of years that he's been wrestling, like the past three decades that he's been going hard. So uh, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see part two. Uh, I, you know, he hyped it up during the Area Hawani interview that there's gonna be some real interesting stuff, and I know there's been some like previews that WWE has put up. So it's gonna be interesting to see what's going on like throughout this five five part documentary series docu series. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how it turns out, and uh, I'm interested to see if like once you know once everything kind of tries to go back to what it was in professional wrestling, if he does indeed want to try to get back in the ring again. 
For somebody, uh, for anyone who, who, you know, has checked out any of Andrew's uh, news updates, um, they'll know that Andrew is probably somebody who, if it involves wrestling and if it's on the <laughs> internet, Andrew will have somehow found it and he will be giving also a lengthy transcription of exactly what occurred. So as somebody who okay. seems to have, have, you know, absorbed every bit of extra content that's out there involving professional wrestling during this pandemic... Um, what would you say is, you know, are some of the ideas and, you know, shows or, or sort of social media things that have really stood out to you? Ooh, uh, just off the top, like some of the things that have really like stood out to me, I guess I would say, um, like I, I'm, I'm kind of liking, well, I, okay. So, so some of the things that I'm particularly like, I'm liking some of the, like the, the, like the backstage portion stuff or like the podcast that most promotions are doing. Like you kind of see that now, like even with Ring of Honor, they're jumping into the podcast and stuff now with the ROH strong podcast every week. It's a lot of podcasts. Out, but I'm kind of liking that, you know, uh, a lot of promotions are finding a lot of ways to, you know, uh, basically just keep their sales relevant during this time. And then like, you even have a guy like, um, what's that? Flash Morgan Webster. He's doing uh, with NXT UK. He has a podcast now and doing his own thing, you know, and I think he interviewed Edge like a couple of weeks ago. So like, you know, it's always cool to see like, you know, just how creative people have to be in the world of professional wrestling now that there's like no wrestling unless you're, you know, an AEW or an Impact or a WWE that's not doing these shows consistently. Uh, for for AEW, uh, coming off of uh, Wednesday night, we've pretty much got a pretty good sense of what the card is going to be like for next weekend at Double or mm-hmm. Nothing. Um, where's your interest level for this show? And are you are you expecting that they may do surprisingly well on pay per view, or is or do you feel this is going to be one that it's going to be a step too far for some? The idea of of paying for a wrestling show in this climate. Yeah, I, I think that's one. Like, I guess negative takeaway from it is that the pay per view aspect. Like especially in this climate, but out of the like overall, I say I rated like as far as my excitement will go, I would say like I'm like an eight point five out of ten. I'm like really, I'm I'm looking forward to the matches on the call. I think the casino ladder match is something that's like really got my attention, especially like whenever they throw Ray Phoenix and anything that he's possibly gonna jump off of that automatically got my attention. I love I love Ray Phoenix, real real good guy, uh, solid competitor. But um, yeah, I always like um. Well, well I, I like, I'm interested in the Moxley Brody Lee match. Uh, I think I do think it's kind of early for that, but at the same time, you know, I, I like when you look at who's uh, coming up in the division as far as like that that quote unquote heavyweight division and title challenges. It's kind of like who else do you put in there? You can't throw in Omega again. It's too early. Throw in Jericho again. I mean, you know, so I, I'm interested in the the matches that they have on the card. Um, but uh, again, like John pointed out, uh, I do think. The, the pay-per-view buys is going to be something that's going to be real interesting uh, you, when it went coming out of this. Do you think Mike Tyson may, plays any factor into people's interest oh. in this show? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, I, I, I saw that buzzing, like, when I was doing my little news search and stuff for the <laughs> for the updates. Like, I always, I saw, like, a ton of articles about, you know, Mike Tyson coming into, um you know, AEW for double or nothing. I, you I'm pretty sure you guys have probably seen the stuff with Cole Bauer and MLW. Like, I, I wonder how that like is going to come out now that Mike Tyson is seemingly doing something with AEW. I wonder if he'll continue to do stuff with AEW or he'll like start dipping his hands into different promotions and stuff like that. I think that's going to be a real interesting turnout. Will there be any disappointment if this was simply, you know, a title presentation and that was it? I, yeah, for for me, yeah, definitely. Cause I, I, I think the obvious thing to do here is to 
probably uh like I, I would if, if I was doing this I would probably have MJF probably come out and probably try to ruin Cody's celebration of course him have him take a hook from him, Mike Tyson or something like that. and then you can always go to the uh the throwback route and have Tyson do something with Jericho I know they did something back in WWE and I know they probably have a great rapport with one another you know so I I think that the obvious thing to do here is to have Tyson probably put somebody on their back I think that's what most people are interested in Something that's kind of lost uh, coming up this this weekend, and I know you interviewed Christian uh, for this project. I chatted with John Moxley. Is this Cage mm-hmm. Fighter movie? And I, you know, they they had they've had the guys do a lot of of media promoting this thing. Um, <laughs> do you think that this is something that's going to be on people's radar this weekend? Oh. Tuning in because Fight TV, they're very much trying to promote this as like a fight, but I just don't know if it's going to re- really land with a lot of people. This this movie concept on Saturday. I was surprised it wasn't promoted on Dynamite at all Wednesday. Let, let, let me just say this first. Ladies and gentlemen, John hooked me up with that Christian interview. Good good man right there. He, he uh, held me out with that and he put he put me. John, you, you're too humble, man. You're too humble. I, 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 I just, you did the interview. Not <laughs> that, so. But no, I appreciate that. But um, yeah, I, 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 no, until you mentioned it, I honestly forgot that the Cage Fighter movie was this week because it, it's, so, it's so much stuff going. Like you, mm-hmm. you would think that with this time, Things and wrestling will like start to slow down, but it has not at all. Like I, no. I think, especially since like the WWE mass releases and furloughs, like things have just been like picking up, and you've just been hearing story after story after story, and it's always something new every week. And I, I think that it, it might take some attention away from the Cage Fighter film, but I do think that the people involved are going to do their best to, you know, and they have done their best to to promote the film to probably get some eyes on it for fight this weekend. Let's talk about uh, WWE uh, on that side of things. How would you uh, assess, you know, currently where they are at, how they've dealt with it? At least, you know, let's just talk about the TV product itself and Money in the Bank. Uh, I, I I did enjoy the Money in the Bank ladder match the cinematic match. It, it, like, I think it did have its, like, corny moments, but I think that's what made the match, you know, what it was. Uh, and, of course, the turnout of, you know, how everything eventually ended up with Oscar winning the the, the World Women's Championship because Becky Lynn and Seth Rollins are expecting the child. You know, congratulations to them. Uh but yeah, I, I and I'm I'm like I I'm admittedly interested to see what they're gonna do with Otis. Like I do not know what they're gonna do. I, I feel like they're probably gonna head head the tag team route, but I mean, shock the world. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't you just go ahead and shock the world, man? Have them go be Braun. I'm with it. I'm, I'm with everything. But but uh I I'm interested uh just to see what you know they do going forward. I know they have the backlash pay per view coming up. I'm trying to. See, I, I really want to see like the amount of interest that people are going to actually have in that. I feel like the, the Sen- greatest match ever, the greatest <laughs> match of all time, is going to be happening in four weeks. <laughs> oh, oh man! Like, I, I don't know why. Like why they fed Charlie that line. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they would they fed her that line because I'm sure she wouldn't just like step in the middle of that and just be like, "This is going to be the greatest match ever." I'm like, come, like come on now, Charlie. Like, and then they had a, um, a picture of her. Like right, somebody got a screenshot after her. Like right after she said it, she had the most unsure look on her face. I was like, I, 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 I don't know, how she, I don't know how she did it because I couldn't have said it. But I mean, like. I wanted to ask y'all, do y'all think that because of the way that people critique the Randy Orton Edge match at WrestleMania and they said it was too long and they really like it, the people were in and out of it, do you think that this is like a, a makeup, or like a make good that people could say, okay, just focus on the in ring stuff and see what you guys can do in a 15 to 20 minute time span? I do feel that way. Absolutely. Like if that match was a perfect blow off, um, I don't think there would be. 
much of a necessity to try to promote it again uh, for a second round. Um, and and so decisively as they did at WrestleMania. I mean, it just seems like they're they're going to the well again. Where I think you know, privately, I'm sure both really want a do over to that. And the tagline that they're attaching to this, it feels very much a response <laughs> to like that's what I expect to be the tagline of the pay per view is going to be the greatest match ever. Which I mean, p- puts them in an impossible situation. Um, but I, I do think it's it's probably a response to the the to the overall. Uh, response to that match, which is pretty, pretty much across the board was the reaction to that match. You didn't have too many people um, on an island um, talking about this match being fantastic or anything. It was it was pretty consistent what what the reaction was. Yeah, I, I definitely think that they're like putting unnecessary amounts of pressure on Randy Orton and Edge to deliver, because once you start throwing around that best match ever thing, like it's like. Because you, you, you're basically setting yourself up to be critiqued on social media. like and, and if they don't deliver to the expectations that now you're putting on them, if they keep going on with this tagline heading into Backlash, the response, if they don't deliver to that expectation, is going to be wild. So, I mean, Edge and Norton, they better, they better put on a classic. Because <laughs> if they don't, it's not going to be pretty. Uh, last thing, uh, go, go ahead, Way. Oh, I was just going to ask, Andrew, actually, what, what some of the top stories today might be. Oh, uh, so we, we got some. I, I have one uh, interview from uh, Pineapple Pete, Sugar Dunkington. He talked about um, he was he, he almost thought about quitting wrestling like in December, like this past December. Uh, I got some stuff from uh, Jazzy Gabbard. I think she told she told this story about how like Bully Ray, like questioned her attractiveness, like when she was in TNA, something like that. And it, it, it was like it was like it's a, it. It's, it's some good stuff in the update, man. I got uh, what's the name? Psycho Sid. He talked about how um, WWE <laughs> contacted him to uh, to, to come. No more the needs ro- to be said. Psycho <laughs> Sid talked. <laughs> but yeah, he, he talked about like how uh, WWE contacted him to do Raw reunion, but like he had to go to like this like uh, I I, th- I think he said is his I, I don't want to like misquote him because I didn't like it, it was hard to make out what he was saying, but he he either said first aid clinic or he said AIDS clinic that his aunt was uh it's almost like one of the first founders of this clinic in florida and that's why he didn't go and they they wanted to come to his house and shoot some material for wrestlemania but he um he, he they couldn't do it because the COVID stuff so yeah it's, it's, it's some some cool stories in the update today man i hope people enjoy it awesome well uh do let everyone know where they can go uh subscribe to your youtube channel and check out this this really great interview with nick aldis uh an hour and a half uh with aldis uh, you can check it out at the Andrew Thompson uh, interviews YouTube channel and, you know, subscribe if you wish. Uh, and you can check out the written version over on postwrestling.com. Really, really, really good stuff all over the site. And, uh, you know, I'm glad to be a part of the team, man. Go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Get on the bandwagon now, folks, because the Andrew Thompson stock is going higher and higher and higher. And you don't want to look back and say, I, I didn't I didn't believe in this guy when we're all telling you get on the bandwagon now with Andrew Thompson. I appreciate it, man. John Away, you know, it's all love. I always tell y'all all the time. I appreciate y'all uh, more more than you know. So, you know, thank you again. Uh, and, you know, we, we we going up, man. Post-wrestling going up. So, you know, that's it. Thanks as always, Andrew. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> I'll right, talk to y'all, man. Thank you again. See you, Andrew. All right, peace. Uh, so look out uh, later today at uh, postwrestling.com for uh, one of Andrew Thompson's legendary updates uh, that he has uh, to post that will bring you up to speed on everything going on in the uh, world of professional wrestling. Did you get a chance to see or hear the interview that uh, Ariel did with The Undertaker? Uh, I know the content of it. I have not listened to it myself yes. yet. 
it's an interesting interview just to see him, you know, really kind of, um, you know, come to grips with like acknowledging the Brock stuff that this was at UFC 121 uh, almost a decade ago. And it was, you know, a huge story at, at the time of them kind of shooting this angle. I remember um, speaking to Ariel the, the next night um, after that whole thing went down um, at the UFC card. And, you know, the, the, the idea was to do this angle to set up the next year's WrestleMania. But the UFC was not going to allow Brock to go do that uh, with WrestleMania. So it got put off by several years because um, this would have been setting up WrestleMania 27 in 2011. And then eventually they got to the match, but it was three years later once Brock had returned to the WWE. But um, enormous coverage at the time that it was uh, kind of this kind of like the kind of the the like of a viral video spreading. Like part of it is the questioning of what's legitimate, what's not legitimate. Like that just circulates. And that's that's a property of. You know, today when we see videos circulate, part of it is: Are we seeing something we're not we're we're not supposed to be? And that was the whole point of like what Taker and Lesnar were trying to do: make it seem like a legitimate confrontation among rivals. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't imagine that it took place exactly like the way that they intended. You know, part of me wonders exactly what they had planned. If Errol Hawani wasn't there. What sort of videos might have circulated if they just, you know, went about their ways? Because if you actually just see the video, they didn't actually interact all that much. Yeah, it was Taker saying, you want to go, looking at each other a little bit. And that was really it. But um, I, I they, wonder... They had to know, though, like, if they had if they had just exchanged words right there on the floor and just wait 30 seconds, how many cell phone cameras would have been on them? That... Certainly. But then they, what? they just they lucked in that Ariel wanted to do this interview and Ariel was not in on this at all. Mm-hmm. And he just happened to be right place, right time. And suddenly, OK, well, we don't have cell phone cameras. We've got uh, professional uh, video equipment that and with, you know, the most popular journalist in MMA that's in the middle of this interview. It couldn't have been better. They ended up lucking out, I think, greater than, you know, anybody could have imagined, because not only did they have uh you know, not just cell phone cameras, but they had a guy with tremendous reach, with great credibility in the mixed martial arts world, uh, essentially like helping promote what was initially to be an angle. And I think, you know, seeing Ariel's reaction to it all was has just been has been just as fascinating with, you know, this this moment and this event seemingly, I would say, lingering, you know, throughout his, I would say, career and him finally after 10 years getting the answer straight from the man himself, the admission that, yes, this was in promotion of an intended wrestling match. Yeah, I was there looking for a fight. That's it. <laughs> it was, yeah. But anyway, you can go uh, check that interview out. He's been doing a, a slew of them. Um, we also had, uh, I just quickly wanted to touch upon the main event of the UFC card on Wednesday night. It was Glover Teixeira defeating Anthony Smith. And this was an incredibly hard fight to watch. In the third round, Glover Teixeira just starts destroying Anthony Smith. He lands a series of uppercuts. He drops Smith. It's a 10-8 third round. It's a 10-8 fourth round. Anthony Smith has nothing left as he's going into the fifth round. He's telling his corner, um, my teeth are falling out. There apparently is a point where he passes something to referee Jason Herzog, who puts it into his pocket, and it's later revealed he passed him his teeth that had come out. And he said afterwards the fact that because of the the, the teeth, his mouth guard couldn't stay in place. So he was having that problem. He ends up uh, broken orbital bone, two lost teeth, 
Oh. I mean, he just had a laundry list of injuries. It was finally stopped in the fifth round, and it's brought about, once again, the discussion about corners stepping in to save their fighter. Like, this was no longer a winnable fight for Anthony Smith. His corner should have stepped in. What responsibility was on Jason Herzog? And, you know, there, there are certain moments where it's like right as Teixeira is ready to finish him, he's going for his back for the submission, and... You know, there's some leniency you give to a referee, but there were other cases in the fight where I just thought this should be stopped. And especially he should not have seen that fifth round. Um, It was a brutal beating from Anthony Smith. It'll probably be a long time before he fights again. And you have to wonder what long lasting effects this fight is going to have on a guy who has already had so many fights uh, behind him. It was a really brutal fight. It sounds like really a tough match to watch. Um, So if you have any thoughts on that or anything else, Please call us right now. We're going to open up the Skype lines. Search for at post wrestling and you can have your say. Did you get a chance to see NXT? I did. Yeah, we can talk about NXT right now if you'd like. Um, you know, it was pretty much a show long storyline uh, featuring the breakup of Matt Riddle and Timothy Thatcher's tag team. We had a title change at the very beginning with Imperium winning the belt after Timothy Thatcher got so frustrated at Matt Riddle's inability to tag him throughout the match, even going so far as Matt Riddle inadvertently monkey flipping one of their opponents into Timothy Thatcher that he just said, screw this, I'm done. And he left, left Matt Riddle out there in a handicap match situation where Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner are, have become your new NXT Tag Team Champions. You could say that they broke up. You could say that. You, only you, John. That's an option. That's on the drop-down menu yeah. of what you could say. Uh, I really enjoyed the main event between the two. Totally different style. And I, I really believe right now, like, um, full package, um, like, the total package is Matt Riddle at this point. Like, he just is the guy on NXT for me. I, I'm i still not really a sold. You know, I think he is sort of, certainly. Excuse, oh, sorry about that. Oh, God. Riddle disagrees with your assessment. Right <laughs> he's calling in right now. Um, I I think he's great, but in my opinion, I actually felt like there were portions of that particular tag team match that I I I felt he was a little bit lacking. And what I mean by that is like there were certainly moments where I know the 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 role of the match is for him to have to extend and to stall in order to not get that tag, but moments of it just really looked. I thought hokey, you know, like it, and often in wrestling, this is already a problem anyway with somebody like being this close and then all of a sudden limb slowing down. I don't know if it was a problem with just Imperium not being able to, you know, keep him in their corner as well. But there were moments that especially with no crowd energy behind it in that empty arena, I thought it didn't look that great. But um, the main event I absolutely enjoyed as well. That's like, you know, the type of wrestling I've enjoyed the most during this empty arena setting mm-hmm. is, you know, body part working and a lot of submission, a lot of grappling. We got to see Timothy Thatcher basically work his main style. So I love the match. I was really surprised that they decided to give us such a full match so quickly. You know, we just had the breakup and in this very show, we go right, right to the match. Yeah. I didn't think we'd get a finish in the main event. I thought maybe they'll just hold this off for a few weeks until the takeover special. And for all we know that they may just do the match again at takeover between the two. I don't see what other direction you'd go with, with those two. Um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I, I was surprised they gave us so much of it if, if in fact, the idea was to, you know, go to a match again. 
we also had uh you know our latest uh entries into the cruiserweight interim championship tournament where finally jack gallagher got on the board defeating swerve scott after uh, some interference from tony nice and then we also had the other match which was uh tony nice versus jake atlas which i thought atlas looked really good again he did, yeah, yeah. I think he's, you know, definitely like they're giving him some speaking time as well. So I would say maybe one of the people that they're they're trying to put a bit more behind. It was good. It was good. Um, at this point, John, like, do you have an idea who might be taking this thing? Um, I, I don't think Drake Maverick's winning this thing. I just don't see them going in in that direction. I don't really like that direction. Um, I mean, Kushida is a good option. Kushida, you could go with. Um. I think they're they're really all behind Atlas as well. Um, I, I guess I'll go with Kushida maybe because they're going to wrap this thing up next week. Oh, next week is the final. Or well, no, next week. Sorry, wrapping up the round robin matches next right. week, and then we'll have uh, coming out of that probably takeover is where you do the final. Well, there's still very much a possibility of a tie. Um, and in, if that's the case, what sort of sudden death situation do they have? Um, they'll probably do a three-way or something knowing WWE. I don't see them doing the, uh, get out your, uh, your math and figure that out kind of yeah. thing like new Japan would do. I think they could just maybe do a three-way or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're going to milk this Drake Maverick thing for all it's worth. I just don't know how much people are really into it. Um, in terms of what they expected the, I think more so people are just looking at this from the, the side of things that it's, it's a very weird story to be doing. Um, and to me, it's like, it's so contingent on, like a crowd rallying behind this guy that a lot of it's lost in this particular setting to try and execute the story that they're, they're aiming for. Mm -hmm. I want to say to the callers, I know some of you guys are trying to call in from a landline. Unfortunately, we are not able to take landline phone calls. So you have to get a Skype account and you have to look for post wrestling, P O S T wrestling and call us via Skype. If you want to jump in, because we cannot take landline phone calls during all this. And I think we have our first call right now. It is our man, Neil. How you doing, Neil? I'm doing really well. Can you hear me? We can hear you. Good. Sorry, I got through there a little quicker than I expected. <laughs> have you guys recovered fully from Tuesday's Rewind Away yet? It's Thursday. It's uh, uh, way in the in the background at this point. Sure, yeah. I know you guys always say that. You can barely remember what happened last week. It was very entertaining to listen to. But honestly, it felt a little more painful for the two of you even than the Heroes of Wrestling review. Well, so I, maybe Brent, I felt bad because, like, you know, um, much of it was, like, I had really nothing to say for it because how do you analyze, you know, a, a two-minute, <laughs> like, sketch with Scott Steiner and, like, Jeff Jarrett in the locker room with Vince Russo being recorded? Like, I, there's, there's really nothing to say. Um, but it was just an overall feeling of just like misery, you know, (laughs) trying to like watch that thing and trying to like give any sort of mental effort. If I was just watching it for pretty pictures. Okay, sure. Leave it on the background. It's fine. But to actually have to pay attention and to like be able to say like this happened. And so this happened. And so this happened and try to come up with some sort of equation at the end. It was very difficult. Yeah, well, poor John, because I suppose that was more his role the three cap. Mm-hmm. And I remember you saying, John, you're leaving me these gaps. And I've got, you know, you know sorry, I've got nothing. What's but, on your mind, um, Neil? And maybe it just, maybe it leaves Brandon off the hook, you know, as, as um, he was the villain of Rewind Away for a while with uh, Heroes of Wrestling. 
But yeah, I wanted to mention something about Dynamite this past fortnight. Yes. Um, what? This past fortnight? What does that mean? <laughs> like two weeks past, ago? This week and last week. The past two weeks. Oh, that's what that means. Sorry, this past I, I did that. Yeah. I'm t- an attempt at you. <laughs> Sorry. An attempt at humor just by wedging the word fortnight in there. But yeah, this week and last week. Uh, I preface this with the usual disclaimer about whether the show should be going ahead at all, COVID testing or not. I mean, I understand the rapid test that they use has a false negative rate of something like 15 percent, which isn't then which isn't nothing, you know, one in 10. So anyway, but that said, it is going ahead. So for the for the past two weeks at Daly's Place, it's been very noticeable to me that for the first 30 or 40 minutes of the show, it's still daylight. Because mm-hmm. it's a partially outdoor venue, and the camera quite often will go to angles where you can see a bit of blue sky, and some palm trees and so on. Yes. And there's something just way less oppressive about watching that compared with the performance center, which feels just dark and soulless. You know, without a crowd, it's a bit like um, it's a bit like turning up to a nightclub too early, where you're the only person there. Um, it just feels sterile. Hmm. Well, I hope it is. I hope it is sterile, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, there's just something about the outdoor setting that, that helps the broadcast, I think, mm. possibly because we're all spending so much time indoors these days. Yeah. Um, it, Daily's Place is, is great. It's it's good on camera. I mean, maybe perhaps one drawback of being in an outdoor venue is that maybe the sound isn't as you know kept in an enclosed space. Like uh, yeah. having a small crowd there might even sound louder if they're in a smaller place. But of course... You know, the way it sounded last night, I thought they they had a lot more people and it sounded perfectly good. And the, the, the way it looks, I think we're at a point now where any sort of character you can give to a venue is very much needed. And of course, the, the cons really lucked out having a place like Daly's Place with, I think, so much character built into it. The fact that, like, you know, it, it's more of an amphitheater setup requiring yeah. them to essentially, like... The best angle in that place is shooting towards the stage. And this is exactly, you know, what what has worked right now with these empty arena settings is shoot shooting the stage and not the crowd. So even that's really worked out to their benefit. So everything about it, the fact that it's in Jacksonville, like they, they must be really grateful that they have this place. I'm very lucky to have it, yeah. I mean and, and for ladder matches and so on, which we're going to get, um, it's so much more suitable than the PC with that, you know, comparatively low ceiling and those fans and everything. It's just the the PC. It's, it's getting hard to watch those show after show in the PC. And the, I think they could redress it, redress the set. God knows they've got the money. Do something with it, you know. Uh, one other really quick note before I go, if you'll allow me. I, I watched Dynamite on AEW Plus, mm-hmm. which is on Fight. And as it was a taped show this week, normally you get the picture in picture although it's not picture in picture if you follow if you're watching it on AEW plus because uh, there's no breaks you just get the show flowing yeah i was uh, going to ask you now like for a show like this that was taped what do you get in between the commercials well it goes to something you were talking about earlier on this week um every break showed the trailer for the cage fighter movie huh. um like so i've seen that trailer about five times now uh, and you mentioned it didn't get any promotion on the body of the show but on fight, it was very heavily promoted, gotcha. which I suppose makes sense as it's, gotcha. you know, as it, that's the platform it's going to be on. A couple of weeks ago when it was taped, it was just an interstitial. It was just a, a bit of uh, the AEW logo and the theme music being played when when the picture in picture would normally have. How, how, so how, I just thought I'd mention that. 
how much is a double or nothing for you over there, Neil? And, and will you be ordering? I've already ordered it. Um, it's nineteen ninety nine in dollars. So in sterling, that's um, I'm gonna get uh, sterling. I don't check. even know what that is. Like Fortnite, sterling, pounds. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, got it. It would it would be euros in the in the south of Ireland, which would be pretty much identical. It would be ninety, you know, because the exchange rate with dollars and euros, okay. they're pretty much the same. Uh, pounds, it's probably a little less, something like sixteen ninety nine. Yeah, uh, well, 20, so a lot forty cheaper. bucks US. Yeah, yes, yeah, so I believe. Which is, uh, I just think there uh, there is um, not the appetite here. Um, to pay that much, there has never really, even in the days before the WWE Network, the shows cost in pounds uh, fourteen ninety nine or ninety and up to nineteen ninety nine. Which, if you still want to go traditional pay per view, is what you would pay to get it on BT Sport box office. Mm-hmm. The I don't ever remember a um, WWE pay per view being anything more than twenty twenty pounds. Or thereabouts, okay. uh, but big boxing matches is where you'll you, you'll be asked to spend spend more over here. Thank you so much for the call, Neil. Always appreciate hearing from you. Thanks for taking it, guys. All the best. Take care. Thanks, Neil. Look for us on Skype. Post wrestling now's your chance to get your voice heard by the masses here in the post wrestling cafe. Um, also, after the uh, the fight night card, uh, Dana White noted that the May 23rd show, it's not happening May 23rd. They said it would happen May 30th, um, and it's going to happen somewhere. They're really hoping that Vegas will allow them to run, uh, but that's not official. And Dana White just said, May 30th, we're going to be running somewhere. But how that relates to AEW is that we won't have a UFC fight night card going against Double or Nothing, which probably wouldn't have made a, a big impact. It wasn't as though this was going to be a super deep card, but... But nonetheless, they're going to be running this Saturday, and then they won't be back until May 30th. So they'll have a two-week gap after Saturday. Back to the phone lines. Hansi, you're on the air. What's going on? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, I just wanted to say that um, I enjoyed both uh, AW and NXT this week. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited for, uh, obviously, Double or Nothing. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm wondering what, what, what they're going to do with the whole stadium stampede. I guess that's like kind of a better. I guess that's I don't a more safer bet for than the, the war games match that they're trying to plan or whatever. But I'm mm-hmm. actually nostalgic for the whole in your house thing. I'm not gonna lie. I I buy into nostalgia. So when because in your house was always an underrated. I know like not all of like not every single one was good, but I always loved in your house. Like one of my favorite in your houses is probably Canadian Stampede. Probably one of the greatest main events ever. So I'm, I'm just, I'm just wondering, I'm just wondering, like, uh, like, do you think? Okay, I know you guys talk about the whole set, but do you guys think that they'll like have the old school music as well, or like, do you think they will? Uh, will it just be a throwaway kind of thing, or is it supposed to be like? Because like sometimes like they'll like you know how they do Starcade, and it's like it's kind of like nothing really. Do you yeah. think this is like actually supposed to be something of depth or like is it just like a throwaway thing that they're doing essentially? And and before I go also, I, I, the reason why I'm mentioning this is because on your review from WCW, I heard Wade going, oh, I wish we reviewed the next week episode because the Whack Pack was on uh, the Nitro. Yeah. So, uh, and and Paul, you can answer this too. I know you're not the biggest Stern fan, but wait, I, wanna, I just want to ask you, I wanted to ask you this. What is your favorite Howard Stern interview with a professional wrestler? 
and and I'm <laughs> I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to say mine is probably Goldust and Bret Hart. And if you haven't heard the if you heard the Bret Hart one, the Bret Hart Bret Hart one is so funny because he hates Shawn Michaels here. And Howard asks him, goes, "Oh, you hate Shawn Michaels?" And he goes, "Yeah, I think him and Vince McMahon are. I think Shawn Michaels broke his back, but not by wrestling injury." And then Howard has to put the disclaimer. He goes, "You don't know this for sure, right?" He goes, "No." Just a hunch. It's just Bret Hart being on the Howard Stern universe is one of the funniest things I've ever fucking heard in my life. That's it's like a very underrated thing. But I'll leave you guys with that type of uh, the, okay. that question. Right? Wait, hold on a second, Hansi. Yeah. So, so wait, the Goldust one was that when Goldust was doing the Tourette's gimmick? Yeah, he came. He came in. He came in character, and uh, he came in character. <laughs> Jesus, and, uh, I remember Howard like had a real fascination with that. But yo, yo, but. The funniest thing about that, though, they were they were so adamant on going, yo, we don't want to hear this guy's real story. We just want the fucking character. Yeah. But then during the inter- during the interview, it ended up going to his real character, and then they they broke down the um the 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 flight from hell. And then oh. when he and then when when Gary came in and he brought up goes, hey, are is it true that your wife you are singing show tunes to your ex wife? He goes, yep, that's the bitch, or something like that. I was laughing my head off. I couldn't oh, believe man. that I heard that. But yeah, I'll leave you with that, guys. <laughs> All right, thank you, Hansi. Appreciate it as always. Yeah, I uh, to be honest, like I I've listened to a lot of like Howard Stern interviews, but not a lot with wrestlers. So I I don't think I even have like um any answer to that. Like I'm none immediately come to mind. It's it's a non wrestling interviews that I would think of. Um, but just on the in your house front, I, I think beyond the set, I think that's about as far as you go. I don't see in your house beyond like the logo and the set of much like nostalgic resonance with like, I, I couldn't even tell you off the top of my head, like the, the in your house, like theme that would be completely recognizable to people. Like, I, I don't think you go too heavy on the nostalgia beyond maybe the set that I think people would get a kick out of. I think they have a task of, you know, trying to combine what I would classify as sort of corny nostalgia, especially when you're talking about the branding of in your house, like having a house, you know, even having like a very, I don't know, pastel, like bright neon colored logo, it really goes against the aesthetics of like what NXT has established so far with like, you know, Slipknot, Poppy, that sort of like, you know, more, I would say modern type of uh, darker type of look even. So how they mend those things will be really interesting to see. I predict that you will get the theme song. You will get the song, at least a bit of it, maybe going into Poppy or something like that. Maybe they get a remix version of it. Oh, okay. Sure. A yeah. Slipknot version slip of the... Slipknot updated version. Of the In Your House theme. That sounds brilliant. Yeah. So I predict there's something like that. Ultimately, though, this show has to you know deliver in terms of in-ring content. That's what t- the TakeOver, uh, I think, you know, um, at this point, like the reputation is based off of the quality of the in-ring. Everything else around it could be whatever. As long as you deliver in-ring, you can really get away with anything. At the same time, I do feel like there are expectations for some level of nostalgia, whether it just be in the form of the set, maybe in the, it be in the form of cameos from old guys of the past doing their gimmicks, mixing in with current NXT guys. I think it, there's a way to make it fun while still delivering what what people expect in terms of in-ring. Off the top of my head, like just guessing what this card would consist of, I think we're likely getting riddle and thatcher probably in some form keith lee and johnny gargano seems to be a direction um maybe like charlotte with io shirai and rhea ripley maybe a three-way there um they, they also teased the uh, candace and Miriam. 
Candace and Mia Yim, they're teasing. Some of this will probably be on television. I mm. can't see all of this being on TakeOver. Um, there are also uh, Dexter Loomis and Roderick Strong that seems more suited for TV. Um, but I guess the – and maybe the Cruiserweight finals. Um, but Adam Cole, like beyond – like they really blew off like the Velveteen Dream thing last night. I don't think there's much clamoring for a rematch there. Mm. But um, – and I found the Zoom segment to be pretty funny with Undisputed Era. I think Kyle O'Reilly is very underrated with his – the personality side that he brings to that group. But what, what do you see for Adam Cole? You know, the bunch of them are, are fantastic together. Um, and yeah. Uh, what do I see for Adam Cole? Let me think about that right now. Cause they're also like carrying Car- cross and um, Tommaso Ciampa's a program, Finn Balor and Damian priest. Like you have mm-hmm. all these programs, obviously not all of them can fit on takeover, but there's no shortage of filling up your five to six matches at takeover. Yeah, it's hard for me to think about exactly who might be available for somebody like uh, Adam Cole as a ch- championship contender at the moment because everybody's taken up. But this is maybe where you either do a three, like a three way, a six on uh, with the undis- rest of the undisputed era. Sorry, like a um, six six man tag with the rest of the undisputed era, or maybe you have a special attraction. Maybe this is where you throw in, you know, somebody from the main roster for Adam Cole. Or if they they do want to continue with the dream program, I mean, it would be natural. You do the cage gimmick where it's keeping Undisputed Era out. Um, that was the whole basis of last week's match. But I just um, Cole and Velveteen Dream in a steel cage is not um, lighting the world on fire for me. Mm-hmm. All right, we go back to the phone lines. Brandon from New Jersey, please unmute yourself. You're on the air. What's going on? If you can figure out how to unmute yourself by this point, Brandon. That's Hello. that's a fifty fifty proposition. All right, you oh, figured, figured it, it out. out. Hello. Hey, what's up, man? How hey, are you? What's going see, on? Good to see you. Good to see you guys. You guys look great. Um uh Hey Brandon, I, I I uh I was informed that you did very well on Saturday night's uh two forty nine card, I understood. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh it was a it was a profitable evening. <laughs> can I get can I give a shout out to that that uh that that uh that watch along by the way that was tremendous. I mean, I, I hope you guys do more of that because uh, Phil, Phil and Eric. Phil Mara, we, we have nothing to do with it. That's that's all Phil and Eric. Phil and Eric more more cotton. Marcotte. Marcote. We've we've got to rebrand him. We found out Marcote is uh, trademarked <laughs> elsewhere. It's Eric Marcotte. <laughs> I, I, anyway, I've only been uh, saying it wrong for like two years, so it, it's a, it's a process for all of us. He's gamefully employed in the in the post army, but uh, yeah, I thought it was tremendous. Uh, whatever Eric's last name and and Phil, they they were awesome, and and the post post fight show on the on the Twitch uh, was great was great also. I, oh, I, it's always I, I applaud. Yeah, it's always yeah. you know it's uh, a pat on my back because it's uh, just tremendous stuff. <laughs> Good to have friends like that, right, John? That's it. Just like you, Brandon. <laughs> uh, I was proposing like a, a dubstep uh, Slipknot uh, uh, like remix for uh, In Your House, uh, Beware of Dog, uh, in, in June. Dog maybe uh, maybe Stem could lend their vocals for this. <laughs> What's Ooh. that? Stem. stem. Oh, t- remember the Stem dubstep version? <laughs> I try to. Uh, forget it, but you're you're bringing it up, so here we are. Uh, UFC 200, live forever. God awful. Um, but I, my question is, how are you going to get Corey Taylor if you're going to do the Slipknot uh, version when he was on AEW? It's true. 
Yeah, this is really tough. It presents that predicament. You know, they wanted to have uh, Jay and Silent Bob. AEW scooped them. I mean, now they've got a, a WWE Hall of Famer going to present the TNT Championship. So I mean, they're really going to have to split these assets um, uh, from the celebrity world. My question, do you, do you know Bret Hart has a theme, an AEW theme? Well, he came out or he was, uh, yeah, he came iTunes. out to the title presentation. So I guess he came out to music that night. Uh, so, yeah. Wait, is, that, is that an actual theme or was it just stock music they used for that day? It's a Bret Hart theme on iTunes that AEW is uh is selling. It's it's oh, wow. it's it's not it's I mean it's not like the WWE version, but uh is it good? Who's the group that did that song with uh, that that music video with Bret? It was like Rascals. the Rascals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you know that one, uh, Brandon? Uh, I, I, Canadian I, legends, the Rascals. Very yeah, you're familiar. an honorary Canadian. I'm very familiar. Oh dear. And, uh, a couple things real quick. I'll get out of here. Uh, and on a serious tone, uh, I'm with Way. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I mean, I, with the whole sports thing coming back and whatnot. I mean, I mean, I'm all for sports, but I mean, I'm a, I'm in no rush for them coming back. I mean, I think it's kind of crazy and, and kind of selfish. But I mean, those sports teams need the the economy because uh, apparently, they, if they lose a year, then <laughs> they're going to be financially in trouble, especially in baseball and whatnot. After they made like. I don't understand. I'm not an economist, but they made like close to over a couple hundred billion dollars and how they're going to lose money if they don't have a season is, uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't understand. Like talk to me like I'm a five-year-old explain it to me, but, uh, and, uh, do you, do you know what kind of testing the UFC is, uh, is using? Like, they're not using Abbott testing, right? Cause I mean, if you're following the Trump administration, they were all using the Abbott testing and, it's like so flawed and like I guess everybody's on self-quarantine over there at the White House, even though Trump's still parading around like a like an idiot without a mask. Uh, are they are they they're using the swabs, but do you guys know what kind of testing they're using for their fighters? I don't know what the exact type is beyond like they are doing the, the swab testing and then the uh, like the antibody testing as well, where they kind of take the prick from your uh, from your finger to draw blood. But I, I don't know if like the, the different variations of those tests and one more thing, uh, the post Perez uh, theme coming out with the, for uh, W H Lepark. I'm I'm excited. W H Lepark, how has that joke here. never been made Peace. before? That's that's great. Yes, everyone, we're doing a theme song contest for post Perez. Go uh, check it out forum.postwrestling.com for your submissions. Uh, yes, a great great mention there by by Brandon uh, as we look to crown the new theme song for post Perez. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this one. And and again, the the one rule WH Park has suggested, no wind chimes, no gongs. That's it. Yeah, that's uh that that was uh WH's uh, lone two rules for this contest. So that's open until uh May 27th that you can uh go submit your uh your theme song contestants. Skype lines are open. At Post Wrestling is where you can find us and I believe we are going to be taking a call right about now. Caller, you are on the air. What is going on? Hello, hello. You, I can hear myself in the background, but I want to hear you. Caller. Oh, dear. This guy's just calling in and just like... Hello? Oh, there you are. I was about to t- talk shit uh, about okay, you. Okay, hold on. Well, you're on a delay on the iPhone or on uh, YouTube, so I'm sorry. No My worries. Apologies. What's your name? Uh, I go by Jay Infamous on the chat, but my real name's Jeff. I'm from STL. I've called in once before. Jay Infamous. That's how I'm. That's what I'm going to address you as. What's going on? Oh, sure. Um, so um, they were kind of talking in the chat about uh, hot shotting somebody in. A-
pot oh. shotting Otis at this point. Okay. So, what do you think your what's the ceiling on Otis? Like, what do you think yours uh, would be? Hmm. It's a really interesting prospect. I mean, you know, the, he he has like done interviews even prior to winning money in the bank, talking about actually using it to cash in for a tag team title shot. I mean, I think there's a great deal of uh, story to be had with like you know where Tucker stands in all this. Here's your tag team partner. You guys are a bona fide tag team, and now your partner all of a sudden has won the greatest one of the greatest prizes a single comp- competitor can win in the WWE. So. Uh, you know, um, of course, maybe the natural route is some sort of teasing of a breakup. You have Mandy there now, uh, you know, forming some sort of, I don't know, uh, added element, which might further the breakup. I think there's a great deal that you could do before you, you cash in. But ultimately, can the question is, can you make Otis a top tier champion? Um, if Jinder Mahal qualifies, then I... I certainly think Otis can, you know, but like you, you're asking me what the ceiling for Otis is. Well, what, the, what is the ceiling period for WWE champion at this point? Um, I don't, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, I, I don't know if I see Otis as a champ as the WWE champion, though. I guess, uh, you know, universal champion, right. Cause, uh, it'd be on SmackDown, but I just can't envision this cash in on Braun Strowman or I guess Bray Wyatt. You got to figure Bray Wyatt would probably be the next champion after this one, or you know, I just don't see Otis running down with the belt or with the briefcase and uh, handing it to the ref. And I don't know, you can't have a cash in during this era, right? Like it's got to be when the crowd's there. You can't just have an empty arena cash in, right? That wouldn't that be like the worst thing ever? Like, depends how long they have to wait. I mean, if it's like a you know another six months before they have a chance to do it, they might be pretty much forced to do an empty arena cash in. I think there are ways to make it entertaining, you know. Um, but I I do feel like like with most people, the value is in him holding it and the story that you can you know derive just from him having the briefcase. But um, certainly, if they're gonna consider him for that role, they need to make it. Make him a bit more serious. Make him a bit more of a threat rather than just sort of like the jokey comedy guy. Because I'm sure, you know, a lot of listeners, a lot of fans would would hate to see, you know, something like the Universal Championship be used in essentially a comedy storyline. Well, I mean, he's got the, uh, what is it, the Caterpillar? I mean, that's almost like a people's elbow kind of move, you know, where it gets people excited and stuff like that. I mean, you could transition him away from some of the jokiness and the whole, like... I don't know. I don't know what's going on anymore. And I, I, I'm having trouble watching this stuff. And it's just weird that Otis, of all people, won Money in the Bank when you had Aleister Black and you had even Corbin to an extent or Daniel Bryan or, you know, Ray. I mean, God, they just seem like such better choices. And then I mean, it's, a, it's the guy a, who couldn't literally couldn't climb up the ladder is, you know, the punchline to the to the victory. They, they love their unexpected finishes. And I think we can pretty much tell Vince loves this Otis character and this Mandy Rose storyline. So, um, I mean, it just seems like it's the next step for that. Yeah. Thank you, Jay, Jeff, Jay Infinite. Sure. Jay slash Jeff. Appreciate the call. Perfect. Sounds great. Thanks. Have a good day. Yeah. What else is coming up on the site this week, John? 
All right, so Wayne and I are going to be back on Friday. We've got two shows dropping on Friday, uh, one with us. Friday night, we'll have Rewind to SmackDown, and that's going to include a review of Dark Side of the Ring, the episode on the Road Warriors. And we're also going to be releasing the latest edition of the British Wrestling Experience as Martin Bushby, Jamesy, and Benno uh, will be joined by Andy Ogden for the big Euro transfer window. I don't know what a transfer window is. Um, it's probably up there with fortnightly and Sterling is like terms that, you know, get used, uh, commonly uh, over there that I have no idea, but it sounds incredibly fascinating. I mean, from what I understand, this is essentially a bit of a draft, isn't it? Yes. They're going to be doing a 20 round draft and then from their picks, constructing pay-per-view cards. So I'm greatly intrigued by this show and that's going to be dropping Friday. Uh, and you can subscribe to the British wrestling experience by just searching for it on iTunes and get getting its own feed. Um, and then later this weekend, we'll have a new Rocky Maivia picture show with Nate Milton uh, reviewing snitch starring Dwayne, the rock Johnson. So that should be out uh It'll be out Saturday, Saturday night, night Saturday night slash Sunday. Yeah, so be on the lookout for that, the latest edition of the Rocky Maya Via Picture Show. And, of course, store.postwrestling.com, where you can support the Rocky Maya Via Picture Show by picking up one of their wonderful T-shirts, along with our new Post Pro Res T-shirt as well. So a lot of stuff up there at store.postwrestling.com. And uh, as we mentioned, we're not going to be able to stick around for the ratings today, so do check out uh, postwrestling.com for that update later on today. Any other words before we get out of here, John? No, that's all. We'll have a ratings report later tonight on the site. Andrew Thompson will have a new update. And uh, thank you to Andrew for stopping by as well as all of you uh, for your phone calls today on the show. And yeah, we have uh, a lot coming up in the next couple of days. So thanks to all of you out there for checking out this uh, live edition of the Cafe Hangout. Alrighty. I'm, uh, this, my song screwed up. There it is. Can't can't end the show without <laughs> the routine that is the song to take us out. Uh, thanks to everyone for tuning in, and we will chat with you Friday night on Rewind SmackDown.